And we welcome you to the Tuesday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. I'm really pleased to be able to welcome back to our studios today, well, not to our studios, to the program, someday to our studios, but today via Zoom, Dr. Stephanie Mitchell, who is professor of history at Carthage College. She has been on the program a couple of different times, I think most recently, to talk about a really marvelous event that occurred a couple of summers ago, which explored uh, women's suffrage movements in other countries in the Western Hemisphere, I mean, outside of the United States, and uh, tracing some of the ways in which women gained the right to vote uh, in places like Mexico and Brazil and Argentina and so on. Uh, Professor Mitchell is joining us today on the morning show because of an of a interest that she has had for some time on various issues related to immigration and particularly to the experience of undocumented uh, aliens in our country, undocumented immigrants. And uh, specifically today, she would like to talk about uh, a matter related to undocumented uh, immigrants and, and driving and uh, the possibility that Wisconsin might be in a position to issue what would amount to driver's licenses under sort of the special circumstances that undocumented uh immigrants find themselves. Uh, she would like to talk about this today and actually with Professor Mitchell are two students who have also had uh, concerns about this and have worked on this particular issue. Petula Walsh Grant, who is a junior psychology and history major at Carthage, and Kaya Martin, who is a sophomore criminal justice and political science major at Carthage. And so we're going to be getting uh, some helpful information from all three of them, and we welcome you to the morning show. Glad you're here. Professor Mitchell, before we begin this more specific focused conversation, maybe you could give our listeners a, a bit of a sense of how and why, under what circumstances, you have become so devoted to this particular issue. I mean, the overall issue of, of immigration and undocumented immigrants in particular. Where did this start for you? Well, sure. Um, I guess I've been close to the immigrant community ever since I uh, moved back to the United States. I am a Latin Americanist historian by training, and I lived for a long time in Latin America. Um, and so it sort of made sense for me to, to be close to the immigrant community from Latin America when I moved back to the United States, um, which I did to come and teach at Carthage 18 years ago now. Um, but I didn't necessarily become as involved in work supporting immigrants and the particular trials that immigrants face in this country, um, really until the migration crisis began um, fewer than 18 years ago. Uh, I don't know if you recall under the Obama administration was the first wave of undocumented minors, unaccompanied and undocumented minors um, flooding north. And that's really when I became interested. And then, of course, with the um, with the terrific crisis of the mass incarceration of asylum seekers in 2018 and 2019, I felt that I had to become much more involved. It was a, it was a crisis that hit home when our, our Kenosha Detention Center began housing large numbers of these asylum seekers. Give us some sense, that is, give our listeners some sense of the kind of work that you have done. I mean, what have been some of the avenues 
uh, through which you've been doing this work and, and trying to make a difference. Thank you for asking because I'm really excited to talk about the work that our two wisdom affiliates do here locally. I'm a member of the Racine Interfaith Coalition, which we call RIC for short. And in Kenosha, the name of the chapter is Cush, Congregations United to Serve Humanity. Those are two chapters of the statewide organization called Wisdom. And uh, most of the wisdom chapters um, statewide have immigration task forces who, that work on issues around immigration justice. And so almost all of my advocacy goes through those organizations and I'm very proud. The um, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America that Carthage is affiliated also has a really robust apparatus for uh, for supporting immigration justice issues. And I work through that institution as well. Very good. I want to ask the same question or roughly the same question to the two students that are joining us as well, Petula Walsh-Grant and Kaya Martin. Let's go in that order for no particular reason. Petula Walsh-Grant, again, you're a junior psychology and history major at Carthage. Tell us uh, under what circumstances this issue has become so important to you. Um, so I originally did a high school debate, actually, and it's kind of where I got introduced to the topic of immigration. Um, it affects so many different sectors of society, and it's so important that the community outreach is proportional to the needs of the undocumented immigrant community. Um, and unfortunately, that hasn't always been the case. So I've always kind of been passionate about that since that time when I was introduced to these issues and all the different layers of society and all the different ways it affects people. Um, however, I only just started to jump on the chance to actually make an impact when Dr. Mitchell invited me um, to speak about this topic on air and also be a little bit more involved in the immigration clinic she is helping to coordinate. Hmm. So you've had this, this concern for some time, but now you're kind of entering this new phase where you're actually uh, with your feet on the ground trying to make a difference with this issue. Very good. Yes. Kaya Martin, a sophomore criminal justice and political science major. Tell us what draws you to this, uh, this issue. So, yeah, I actually am one of the students that chose my major when I got on campus. Um, I only chose to go into political science and criminal justice because I joined a great club on campus called Phi Alpha Delta, which is a pre-law club. And part of Phi Alpha Delta's, um, just part of our club, is we do an outreach program, and we worked at the ECLA uh, legal clinic where we basically got to shadow for free legal advice. And a lot of the cases that would come in that I got to shadow were about immigration. And it started to really, I started to have a lot of feelings about it and started to feel like these people need some help. Like it's just such an issue that's not talked about enough. And then we also do a clinic legal um, training for an introduction to an immigration law course. And I took that this semester and I got really interested in everything. So I've, again, kind of like Petula, I'm now starting to put my feet on the ground and do some stuff with it, but it's been a lot of training for the last semester for me. I imagine that for you, this, your understanding of this issue changed when you started to actually see individual human beings and seeing, as they say, up close and personal the impact Absolutely. that this was having on their lives and, and to be in a position to do something about it would be would be great. For those of you just joining us, uh, my guests today on The Morning Show are uh, Dr. Stephanie Mitchell, professor of history at Carthage College, and two students, 
that uh, are, are working with her on some important issues related to immigration, Petula Walsh Grant and Kaya Martin. And very specifically, uh, we want to focus most of our attention today on uh, the matter of something that, uh, as Professor Mitchell uh, might have already said, that is sometimes referred to as, as driver cards. Uh, and this touches on uh, a reality that is uh, uh, a, a very difficult complication for uh, the typical undocumented uh, immigrant. So, Professor Mitchell, let's kind of start with the problem and maybe start with its, with its root. Uh, so, so tell us what, what, what the issue has been for undocumented uh, immigrants in, in the United States related to being permitted to drive and uh, at what point when things changed in a way that, that made this uh, very, very difficult for them. Sure, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful to you for asking the question. To be perfectly honest, um, it is very frustrating to um, see the amount of misinformation and disinformation about immigration that gets peddled in this country today, um, often for pretty crude um, and narrow political purposes. People often don't understand um, the things that are broken about our immigration system. We talk about having a broken immigration system, but until you were really willing to dedicate the time to, to learn about it, it's not always clear for people who are outside the system, the ways that it are broken, the ways that it is broken. So um, I'll just begin with you know, some basic information that people who are undocumented in Wisconsin um, it's generally speaking, not because they failed to, quote, get in line, which is a phrase that you hear, you know, why don't you just do it legally? Our immigration system doesn't provide visas for most people. And certainly the people that live in Wisconsin and are our neighbors, most of whom have been here for more than 10 years and have families and are fully integrated into our communities, um, would do almost anything to obtain a visa. Uh, but there are not visas that are available. And even for the very few people um, who are eligible to receive a visa, um, who have you know, a complete legal route to immigrate to the United States, very often those visas are, are almost imaginary because the waits for the visas to become available can be 50 years or 80 years or, or a hundred years, right? Um, they're, they're impractical, right? So it, this is a problem that is only a, a, only a small part about driving. It's really a problem about the whole immigration system and the way that the United States um, fails to welcome people, um, even people who have been here for a very long time and would do almost anything to be able to migrate legally to the United States. So that's the population that we're talking about in Wisconsin. It's tens and thousands, tens of thousands of our neighbors um, who prior to the passage of the Real ID Act in 2005 um, were eligible to get a driver's license in Wisconsin. So your driver's license was not necessarily um, tied to your immigration status. But after the passage of the Real ID Act, and particularly after 2007, when the Real ID Act became implemented in Wisconsin, 
our driver's license became federal IDs, uh, which means that you have to have a social security card um, and a social security number in order to procure a driver's license. That, in a sense, tied driving to your immigration status. And that meant that if you were not able to you know, procure a visa and, and to, to have legal status in a country, you also couldn't get a driver's license, which has created a host of problems and not just for uh, migrants in our community. And um, Ms. Walsh Grant and Ms. Martin are gonna talk about some of those problems that that, that, that act created for all of us. Um, but I just want to point out that the, the law doesn't require the states to only issue licenses that are real IDs. States are also empowered by the legislation to issue licenses that do not serve as federal identification. So the governor has introduced in his budget a solution to the problem, which would be for Wisconsin to do the way that many other states do, including Illinois, which is to create a driver's license for undocumented Wisconsinites that is not a federal ID. So that driver's license would not be useful for things that are against the law, like like voting, for example, this is something that people often talk about. Oh no, if undocumented migrants get driver's licenses, then they'll be able to vote. Um, voting when you are not a citizen is a very serious crime with very serious penalties. Um, and, and everybody knows that. And no one is proposing that driver's licenses for undocumented immigrants ought to serve as an ID in that capacity. But it would serve as an ID in many other capacities that our students are gonna, um, that our students are gonna talk about it. It would allow you to go to the pharmacy and buy the, your prescription that your doctor's ordered, for example. Um, it would allow the police to ask for an identification if they if they need to stop you for some reason. And it would make a whole host of other things much, much easier. So that's the governor's solution. And that's why we wanted to come and talk about it today to try and clarify what this, uh, what this solution is and what it isn't. And I'm just so happy to have uh, the opportunity to talk about it. So thank you very much. It's important. Uh, let's begin actually with uh, Petula Walsh-Grant. Uh, again, a junior psychology history uh, major at Carthage. Uh, I know that one of the things that you have been uh, studying specifically are some of the public safety ramifications of this. And I suspect that this is one angle that uh, the, the typical citizen isn't really thinking about very much. In what way is public safety endangered in the current system? And in what ways would public safety be enhanced um, uh, were this uh, proposal by the governor to be enacted? So under the current system, um, people who are unlicensed and undocumented um, don't have necessarily have the option to become licensed to, through state procedures. However, by passing legislation or by allowing individuals who are undocumented to get their licenses, we can promote better roads, safer roads, and improve relationships with local law enforcement, which would promote public safety on the whole. So according to a study by AAA, unlicensed drivers are most five times more likely to be involved in a fatal crash than licensed drivers. Um, unfortunately, when people don't pass these driving exams and vision tests, we end up with a significant increase in fatal incidents, 
which obviously we would all like to decrease to promote better public safety and better roads. Um, by making sure all Wisconsin drivers are adhering to state standards regarding driving, we can improve how safe our roads are for all drivers. Um, and this can even expand to uh, fewer hit and run incidents. Um, we can see this by the California passing its driver's law, which is similar to the one that is being proposed currently um, in 2015, after which the state experienced a 10% decline in hit and run accidents. So when people don't have this visceral fear of being um, running into these incidents with law enforcement because they don't have proper identification, we can see that they're a lot less likely to leave the scene of the accident, which promotes better public safety for everyone, um, and which encourages people to feel more comfortable calling 911 and reaching proper law enforcement after such a dangerous incident. Um, we can also see that by having these license op licensing options, we can increase trust and cooperation with local law enforcement um, because having a valid driver's license increases people's willingness to report these types of incidents and report crimes on the road. Um, it can also really help public first responders and health professionals respond a lot faster after an incident like this or an accident because we can identify those victims who are involved or any individuals involved in these kinds of accidents. So it's very important that we promote this type of licensing because it allows for a lot better public safety and a lot better relationships within the community, promoting health and law enforcement um, and making sure everybody's able to do their job effectively. It's a really bipartisan issue that people don't necessarily think it is because promoting the health of the community is always an issue for both sides, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum. Right. Um, having this licensing option can also improve our national security because according to top security experts, it's significantly counterproductive to deny identification documents to immigrants because it, impact, it negatively impacts the ability of law enforcement to identify uh, individuals when those incidents do occur. It's really helpful to have that kind of database. So when issues do occur on the road or in general, they're able to respond a lot faster and identify anyone involved a lot faster than they would otherwise. Without this type of identification, we don't have that database that's available, which could really end up helping a lot public safety and improving our roads and our lives on a daily basis. Uh, Professor Mitchell, anything you want to add to any of uh, what uh, Ms. Walsh Grant just uh, said? How about a resounding amen? <laughs> and I'll just point out, I really want to underscore what she said about this not being a partisan issue. Our governor and our local sheriff in Kenosha um, run on different party tickets, but they are absolutely on the same page about this. Um, and it's because of the public safety angle and our our Kenosha sheriff has been gracious enough to write an open letter um, to the legislature asking that they uh, support this initiative because it is such an important public safety measure. Right. Otherwise we have unlicensed drivers who have not gone through any of the rigors that typically occur when somebody secures what we think of as a driver's license, they have even so much as uh, undergoing the vision test that is es essential. I mean, they, they fly completely under the radar and, and then are on the roads. And, and in a sense, we don't even know they're on the roads. We don't have any record whatsoever of that. So this is a means to address that. And because our roads are such a public venue for all of us, it's something that impacts all of us. Uh, not just undocu undocumented uh, immigrants. That's absolutely uh, right, yeah. Kaya Martin, sophomore criminal justice and political science major, I know that you want to speak to some other 
aspects uh, in, in which our community overall and, and actually uh, some financial implications are, are part of this. Absolutely. So I'm going to get to the financial one. I think that the community benefits are so important because the dehumanization of undocumented people is so easy in our political climate, in our current world, and in our debates even. It's incredibly important to remember that undocumented people are members of our communities. They're our neighbors, they're our friends, they're people we know. And driver's license for undocumented people can have so many more impacts than just financial or legal. And it's important to also focus on their community benefits and not just the financial ones. But some community benefits that we can get from people having driver's license would be increased educational support and enrichment. Parents are more likely to wanna to go meet with the teachers, counselors, administrators, and children will be more likely to participate in after-school enrichment activities that require transportation. Otherwise, they would be probably a little turned off from these activities because their parents would have to go drive them and that would just cause a new anxiety. And that leads into also reduced school absences and reduced stress for children. Children of undocumented parents will no longer be afraid to have a parent drive them to school if they are late or miss the bus or need some ride to an after school activity. And eliminating the stress of worrying about a parent's safety can also lessen the potential the potential for behavioral and mental health problems in, in children of undocumented parents. So this also leads to healthier families. Individuals will not hesitate to go to the doctor to pick up a prescription or get preventative care for themselves or their, ch or their children if they have proper identification and do not have to fear being detained for unlicensed driving. So this increases community involvement as well. Many immigrants are already strong contributors to our community, but with driver's cards, more individuals might be able to contribute their time and talent to help our community thrive. So this is important because they can make a better impact on our communities if we just give them the tool to be able to drive with a driver's license. Some financial impacts are also pretty good. So we have financial, they could be have a positive financial impact on Wisconsin. Because insurance and automotive industries have lost the business of thousands of immigrants who no longer have licenses. And the state DMV has lost the financial contribution of people who are now denied access to its services. Um, if 28,000 potentially unlicensed drivers in the state applied for and are granted driver's licenses, the state will receive at least $2 million in additional license revenue. Hmm. So this additional revenue may also result from increased auto registrations. These are very important for the public safety aspect, but also giving Wisconsin some state revenue. This also um, can contribute to lower insurance premiums for everyone because insurance companies will have more customers and will pay fewer claims for uninsured drivers, meaning that premiums could be reduced for everyone overall in the community. This contributes to economic growth. Individuals will be able to travel to jobs where they are needed in businesses that have held off expanding due to lack of workers. They'll be more likely to find the employees they need. This is important in rural areas like Wisconsin where immigrants fill jobs on farms, factories, and construction. And finally, this is a reduced backlog for law enforcement and the courts. So this is another reason that this is a bipartisan issue because both sides can find part of this that would help law enforcement, it would help courts. Reducing the large number of cases related to driving without a license can reduce a language interpreter, can reduce court costs and allow judges and law enforcement to spend their time on more serious priorities in eliminating black backlogs. 
So these are very important financial contributions and community benefits that can come from immigrants having driver's cards. Hmm. Professor Mitchell, anything to add to that long list? Oh, it's a long list. I think maybe we should just slow it down and replay it because it's uh, each one of these points is so um, important. So I'm just going to say thank you that all of that uh, is very accurate and very important. And when you really stop to think about each one of the pieces that she talked about, the impact on children, the impact on families, the impact on state revenue, then you just start wondering why on earth haven't we solved this problem before now? Uh I don't remember if we've touched on this yet, but quite often when this kind of, of, of thing is discussed, it is called a driver's card rather than a driver's license. But uh, what Governor Evers is proposing, I understand, would call this actually a driver's license. Uh, so uh, maybe you just want to say a word about the terminology and maybe clarify again what this would be, the ways in which this would be a standard driver's license, but the ways in which it would not be. Sure, I'm happy to. So the governor is calling this driver's licenses for undocumented Wisconsinites. And it's just a regular driver's license. The only thing to understand is that it is not going to be a federal ID. So it's not a real ID. If anybody has been to the DMV since the passage of the law to to renew your license and get that um, real ID, you know that that's a real onerous process. It took me months to find all the, the different documents. I didn't have an original copy of my birth certificate, so I had to go back to Florida to find it. Um, uh, and the driver's license for undocumented Wisconsinites would not, uh, would not be that real ID. It would not be a federal ID. It would not do for voting. It would not do um, for those purposes that the law was passed. It would only be a driving license. Um, but as we've seen, many other states have already uh, taken this approach to solving the problem, and it has solved all kinds of problems and given a, an enormous number of benefits. Like Martin says, you know, having our court system clogged up with people who end up with convictions for driving without a license when in fact they, they're not able to apply for a license means that those, those structures are not able to focus on the, the real members of our community who need sanctioning for driving without a license. We need to just clear out all of this mess and give driver's licenses to all the people who otherwise should be able to drive in Wisconsin. It will make us all safer. It will generate a lot of state revenue. It will calm down our families and allow them to be much more productive members of our community. At this juncture, we are not in a position to solve the whole immigration nightmare um, that is our immigration system. Uh, but this is one small piece of the problem that we as Wisconsinites can solve and we can solve it right now. Is this proposal uh, going to be seeing the light of day soon? I mean, is this being actively debated at the moment? What kind of timeline are we looking at? I'm pleased to tell you that the proposal is in the state budget that Governor Evers has already issued. It is being uh, debated by the Joint Finance Committee right now in uh, in Madison. And uh, if it makes it through committee, then it will go to the floor. 
So if, if you are persuaded by these arguments, we urge you to get in touch with your state representatives and let them know that you also are in favor of, of finding this solution to this part of the problem. Dr. Stephanie Mitchell is a professor of history at Carthage College and also joining us today, Petula Walsh Grant, junior psychology and history major and Kaya Martin, sophomore criminal justice and political science major. Thank you for joining us today on the morning show to, uh, to share your thoughts and perspective on this really important issue. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.